Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, and I just do want you to know I'm praying for you all. This is a tough world down here, and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier. But you know what makes things easier down here? Healthy, solid, really meaningful relationships. If you really think about the life of Christ, that is how he got through it. He had good friends. He had really good friends that he really enjoyed. And he depended on them, even though he was one with the Father. And he had the Father with him. He still needed friends. Still needed that relationship aspect. So I want to encourage you to continue seeking out relationships. And absolutely seek out love relationships. The kind that you want to spend, you know, the rest of your life with that person. Please don't give up on this. I know it gets very painful. I've been there. It's a tough world. And it's harder to do than it's ever been. Because it's a lot more confusing. We don't know what the rules are anymore. We don't know what the gender rules are. We don't know appropriate expectations a lot of times. So we spent a whole lot of time yesterday talking about these deal breakers so that you can know early on when to get out. And when it starts to really commit, that these would be, and we looked at later alarm bells. So early warning signs, you know, show up more than a little late all the time. And we talked some about that and about how to assess that. They drink too much. They trash talk their ex all the time. They're still into them, even if they don't love them, they're still into them. They groom too much, they don't groom enough. And how about how they deal with the wait staff? They send food back, don't pay for meals, expect you to pay for everything, or won't let you pay for anything. Really understanding, wow, I want to look at how I feel when I'm with this person. What does it feel like? Do I settle down inside? Do I feel safe? Do I feel proud to be with this person? Because these are things that need to be there in order for your relationship to last the test and and last the test of time. Because this is these are the things I have to be proud of the person I'm with. I'm not proud of everything they do, but I'm proud of them. I know the backstory. I know how hard they work on things. There's somebody I can trust. They're working their own program. I don't have to parent them. So these are really important things. What's my gut telling me as I sit with this person? Do I feel like I'm wanting to open up more? Am I laughing more? Am I feeling appropriate emotions? Am am I feeling actually a little excited? Am I feeling like I just want to get this thing over? Am I trying too hard? Am I doing their side of the street to make the night tolerable? doesn't matter how good looking they are, how much money they have, how much prestige they have in the community. You don't want to live your life like that. 
So the later alarm bells, they don't introduce you to family or friends. You don't know where they work, or you know where they work, but you don't know any of their the people they work with. Now, sometimes that's the way it goes. I know for my husband, he, how is he going to know the people I work with? That would be a confidentiality issue. Now, there have been occasions when people have met, clients have met my husband. But that would be tough. I can't have my husband go out to dinner with my clients, right? And I don't go to dinner with my clients either, so that's a little different situation. But for the most part, you would definitely begin to know people they work with, know about them, meet them at different points of time. So what if they don't introduce you to any of their friends? Or they want you to be the only friend they have? So that, and this has a tendency also to be very isolative. Maybe they isolate you. And they want you to spend all your time with them. And they don't ever want you to leave. If you're at their house, they don't want you to leave. They want to come back to your house. And so they really are having you be their everything. And this is a huge control issue. So what if they only want to do what they like to do and you're supposed to just follow along with them? What if they don't have any likes? So they'll just do whatever you want to do and you have to think up all the ideas of what to do. So you're the one that constantly has to come up with things to do. Th these are really important things. You want to make sure that they also are willing to try new things. Because if you want to be with someone for a, the rest of your life, you have to understand that there's going to be seasons that need to change. And there's going to be seasons of change. And so what worked for you while you were dating may not work 15, 20 years later. Or even 10 years later. And what about the way they deal with money? How do they handle money? That's a big deal. So let's just take some time. And, and I, I want to just add this to the mix here today. These are relationship verses in the Bible that really give us an idea of how we do relationships well. And so look, at, I'm going to give you quite a few today because I really like them. And this one goes to the deal breaker, right? This is Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So he who walks with the wise is wise. But if you hang out with a bunch of foolish people, you will eventually and inevitably become foolish. This is the way God has designed humans. We are very malle malleable. Which means the more we hang around a certain group of people, the more we take on those traits. We start to talk like them. Think like them. Emote the way they do. It's very hard to be in an environment for any length of time and not take some of it on you. So if you are willing to commit and work on a relationship with an adult, a really a bona fide adult person, which means they have their own moral code, their own ethics, what they consider as to be their level of integrity, and they don't want to veer from it. This is a person that you can say, you know what, 
I can be with this person. They won't be corruptive to me. Because the longer you're with very unhealthy people, the more corrupted you will become. That's that saying, you know, bad character corrupts good morals. This is the way humans are made. That's why God is saying, be very careful who you spend a great deal of time with because you will be changed. And we want you to be changed for the better. I like this, John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. Are you willing to do that with your relationships? And if you have the desire to be married, to have a lifetime partner, are you willing to lay your life down for this person? Are you humble enough? Are you strong enough? Do you love them enough? That you would do whatever you could do to help them and help them create the life that's going to make them happy. The same that they're doing for you, helping you have a life that brings happiness and security and support to you. Not every moment of every day. But that you are with someone that sticks closer to you than a brother. That is committed to you. And are you willing to be that for someone? And let's look at Hebrews. This is chapter 10, 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Let's encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. I like this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Are you a good influence on your partner? Are you a good influence on your friends? Are you a good influence on your kids, on your family, at work? But in real intimate relationships, you want to be committed to being a good influence on them. Are you helping them operate out of the higher sense of self, the higher functioning part of themselves? Are you helping them be the best they could be? Or are you negatively influencing them? Maybe not managing your moods. Maybe having unrealistic expectations on them. Maybe gossiping with them. Because remember, gossip, when we did the show on communication, that's like the third level of, of communication. It's not deep. It's not the gut level communication where you're sharing who you are. Gossip is a false sense of intimacy. It makes us feel close because we're talking about personal things, but we're not talking about our personal things. So let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So what does this mean in our relationships when they're romantic relationships? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another up in love. Humble and gentle. Patient. These are the gifts of the spirit. 
I'm sorry, these are the fruits of the Spirit. And we did a show on that. And our most intimate relationships require more than anything the fruits of the Spirit. Because this is when we are knowing people very, very well and over long periods of time. And so many times I tell, I tell clients, I tell myself, if you just met this person today, how might you treat them? For the most part, most of us would be, we would be kind, gentle, and polite and patient. And as the years go on, as the relationship creates history, sometimes we get into this rote way of acting with one another. And we also may give into breaking boundaries that we otherwise would not in other relationships. We give, our, give ourselves permission to be kind of snotty, snide, condescending, impatient, unkind, lacking tolerance. And we show them maybe the most base part of ourself, the most natural part of ourself, instead of the authentic part of ourself, which is the best version. That's who we are wanting to be. That's who God wants us to be. And so really important on every level with every relationship, whether it's in the very beginning stages, this is the time to put really good ingredients in the very beginning. And if it's a long-term relationship, keep putting this ingredient in. This is like the oil in the machine that makes it go smoothly. Be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing, with one another in love. How about this? Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on earth. Now, the reason I bring this, one of the deal breakers is, how do they treat their parents? How do they talk about their parents? Do they help their parents? One of the things that endears me so much to my husband is how much he cares about my mother. My mother is a widow, and she's in her mid-80s. She's quite spry. I mean, she is, she is tough. She still drives herself everywhere. She lives in the house I grew up in. She is tough, and she loves being independent. But my father is not there any longer to take care of the house, to help with the cars, to open jars for her, to reach things in high places. So my husband has taken on my mother as his mom because it's family. He fixes things at her house. He helps her. He drives her places many times. He gets gadgets for her to be able to be independent at, 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 at the home. This is a man that I can respect because of how he treats my mother. Because for both of us, she's the only surviving parent we have. And that, that's going to go well with him because that honors the Lord more than anything. So I want you to ask yourself, while you're dating, in the very beginning, 
the same way, how do they talk about their ex and what do they do about their parents? So they may be estranged from different family members, and if they're estranged from a parent, you would want to know what the point is. Why would that be? And sometimes there are very good reasons for that. But this is always indicative of character. And so let's look at this. This whole idea of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, I want to talk about this for a minute. This says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, many times this gets preached in a very condescending manner. So when you hear this verse, be, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. If you consider yourself a Christian that follows your faith, and wants to live out that faith, then I have to tell you, dating a non-believer, let's not make it a religious, a religiosity issue or a legalism issue. Let's, let's look at this as factual when it comes to values, when it comes to needing commonalities. You have to have common ground in order for a relationship to thrive. So it's similar to many people. If I have a staunch Democrat and a staunch Republican, I say, why would you try to marry those two worlds? When your beliefs are so divergent and so deep and so passionate. So if you are a Christian and you walk out your faith, you go to church, you believe it, you like it, and you start dating a non-believer, First of all, we don't want to try to proselytize people in the dating relationship. But secondly, if you end up falling in love with this person, you're either going to get your heart really broken, they're going to be asking you to compromise in areas that you don't feel comfortable with. And if you do marry, and they are not a believer, there will be a whole entire area of your life you can't share with them. An entire thought construct, a paradigm of how you see the world, you won't be on the same page. So that doesn't mean that we are condemning non-believers or we're saying they're not worthy of us. What we're saying is from a relationship piece, you have to be with someone that is more like-minded or you won't be able to have intimacy. Who did Jesus pick as friends? Fishermen. Good, hard-working dudes, okay? That's who he picked. He didn't try to go find in the temple who we would think he would find, which were religious people. So I'm not talking about religious people. I'm talking about faith-based people that have a relationship with Christ. If that is you, and you are trying to have a very deep, committed relationship like a marriage, you're going to be very lonely. So this needs to be, in some ways, a deal breaker. Now, that doesn't mean you have to break it if they're interested. If they say, hey, I've never thought about it. I'll go to church with you. Or if they've been hurt by Christians in the past, that might be some good conversation to have. That might be nice to show them that, hey, not every Christian does that. So you have to use your judgment. And you have to be asking the Holy Spirit for wisdom, especially if this person is someone of great character. So you want to ask God, 
where am I on this continuum? I don't want to be either or. I don't want to be horribly legalistic. And I don't want to throw it out either. So let's look at this, John 3.16. I love this verse. This is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now the reason I bring this up is I want you to understand if you're one of those people that says, I don't do relationship anymore. Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> Relationships are hard. They're hard. They really can be. But they can be so fulfilling. And they are so necessary for humans. Because you were designed by God. And he replicated in humans and in his creation much of who he is. You are made in his image. He is a relational God. And he is in love with his bride, which I'm telling you right now, there are so many deal breakers. <laughs> I can't believe God did not break up with us. So many deal breakers, but he's God. We're not. So I want you to understand your craving to be in relationship. Your need for relationship, for partnering with another human is straight from God. This is why God is working so hard on his bride. Jesus wants a partner. He's going to marry the church. We are his bride. We are not fit for marriage right now. He's working on all the deal breakers. So you need to really embrace that and not try to resist it, but learn to do it wisely. And this is a trust issue with God as well. That we trust that God knows where every single human is on the planet at any given time. And he can introduce you to that person when it's time. He knows how to get people's paths to cross. And you can trust that. It is very unusual for God to make a human to be single. And if you have that calling to be single... It won't be hard. It won't be difficult. If you don't have that calling, don't try to have it if you don't have it. Trust God with your heart and with the need for relationship. And this is a trust issue. This is a faith issue. So if you start to feel like your heart is hardening, you're getting a little bit um, caustic, you're getting, you know, just some kind of, you know, like a bad attitude about relationships. I get it. I understand. And that comes from a lot of hurt and a lot of being let down. So ask your friends to pray for you about that. Just say, you know, I'm having a hard time. I'm, I'm wanting to harden my heart. I want to harden my heart. And I don't want to even care anymore. And I don't want to even look for relationships. I don't even want to try. And that is understandable. But it's not where God wants you to stay. And it's not his goal for you. So I'm asking you today, trust God with your heart. Trust God with your future. Change the things you need to change. Let go of the things that he's asking you to let go of. Ask your friends to, to pray with you about it. God bless you today. We're going to finish up tomorrow really talking about love. And how much we need love. And the three types of love that we need to have in our life and in 
our most intimate relationship. Have a great day. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Check out the website. Thank you for your comments. I love hearing from you. Thanks, Jeremy. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.